Well, hello, folks. Uh, welcome back to the Mastering Risk Management podcast. And uh, these are the podcast chats. So that you know what that means. That means that uh, Brett Palmer has joined us. G'day, Brett. Hello, Anthony. How are we today? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We're talking about risk. So that's always a good day. Absolutely. <laughs> so today, before we dive into uh, too much, uh, yeah, welcome back to the to the podcast show. Uh, as you know, these are chats. So we'll talk about uh, topics that relate to risk management in organisations and hopefully share a little bit of insight with you today. So today's topic is effective risk reporting for boards and executives. So um, yeah, maybe Brett, let's set the stage about what this is all about and why it's important. Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess one of the, the key objectives we have with risk management is to provide transparency Um and uh, to give a level of assurance to the key stakeholders in the organisation with the levels of responsibility and accountability that executives and directors have, yeah. that uh, the risks are known, particularly the emphasis being on material risks, that the risks are known and um, analysed and understood and there are appropriate effective controls in place to both prevent them and mitigate them in the event that they arise. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 um, I was almost going to say secondary to that, but potentially primary to that, or at least equal to that, is um, uh, for decision making. So boards and executives need information, and they need uh, topical, they need well analysed uh, risk information uh, to make good decisions. Because as you and I both know, and hopefully the listeners are getting to know by now, risk is both opportunity and threat. And boards will make decisions about what to invest in or an acquisition to make or whatever else. Now, that is an opportunity risk. So they need to have good risk management and good risk analysis to support that decision. Yeah, that's a point well made, Anthony. So this is a, this is a, a topic that, that could be very long and, and detailed, Brett. But I guess we just need to summarise for listeners, I guess, some of the key things that the boards and, you know, uh, obviously the executive teams would need to see in risk reports? What are the sort of things that they, you know, maybe should be just checking their own reporting on or if they're building their own reporting uh, suite, what are the sort of things that they should look to include? That's a, again, that's a, a really uh, interesting question to ask and I suspect that if you went and asked a, a number of directors, you'd probably get very, very wide range of answers from them. My experience with this has been that um, you're better off to put something in front of the board and ask them for their feedback on whether it meets their expectations than to actually ask them what do they expect in the report. Yeah. So from my perspective, the most important things that you need to provide to the board have to focus on materiality. So yeah. you know, if you're talking about the risks per se, you need to be focused on the material risks. I've seen a yeah. lot of reports, certainly a lot of the clients that we've worked with at the starting position with them has been that they're getting just too much detail mm. and the detail in those reports is not particularly relevant. Now, a lot of the risks that you've got, you need to be aware of them and you need to monitor them. You need to pick up changes in context, but that's probably about as much as you do need to do. You want to be focusing yeah. on those material risks. So a key thing that the board should be seeing, the executive and the board should be seeing, is the details that those uh, that, that relate to those material risks. Yeah. So you want to be seeing things like the risk ratings. You want to be seeing things like the actions in the risk treatment plan. Are they on target? Are they going to be achieved in terms of the stated date? And of course, those dates need to be clear, so do the responsibilities. 
for the completion of those actions. You want to see whether it's within risk appetite. It's not within risk appetite. When will it be within risk appetite? Yeah. You want to see changes in the material risks. You want to understand, you know, have the ratings changed? Are there new material risks? Have the old material risks dropped away and, uh, you know, have you achieved your restricting plan and dropped down your residual ratings, et cetera? Yeah. So they're the sorts of levels of detail that you want to see that relate specifically to material risks. Yeah. That's a good summary, Brett, because I think there is a temptation in some cases, and, you know, I don't think it's um, malicious or, or negligent. I think in some cases uh, management can swamp boards with way too much information and too much detail. Therefore, boards have trouble digesting it or getting the key messages out of it. Or on the other hand, management might think they're doing the board a favour by, you know, distilling down lots and lots of data into, you know, three bullet points. And that's not enough for the board to discharge their duties either. So there, there is a happy medium. And you're always balancing, I guess, you know, eight or ten, you know, individuals on a board that all have different needs, some that, you know, like to fly at the 30,000 foot level and others that say, get me down in the weeds. So mm. there's always going to be that balance. But it's really important that, I think your your point was well made that you present something to the board and and if it's not enough they will they will tell you uh, and if it's too much likewise I think they'll tell you as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I have heard stories about risk managers that have gone into the the uh, the audit committee, the audit and risk management committee, armed with a printout of every single piece of information relating to every single risk. And then flicking their way through that information, trying to find answers to questions that are being asked. Yeah, it's just not going to lead to an effective reporting function, and it won't give the board what they're looking for. No, it makes everyone uncomfortable. At the end of the day, it um, it's uh, it, nothing worse than scrambling through papers. And you know, it, it, the the board meeting, and particularly the board risk committee meeting, is a great opportunity to have a discussion uh, between management and board about. Uh, the state of risk in the organisation, what's worked well, uh, you know, where, where we're at with our controls and the control effectiveness, uh, our progress with actions, uh, you know, to improve those controls. And, and the one thing that um, I think does sometimes get missed too, Brett, is that incident analysis. So Ooh, yeah. as we know, an incident is a, a free kick. It's a free lesson. Uh, something's happened. A control has failed. Yep. So this is a discussion, and you're not going to take every incident up to the board, but for those significant incidents, you can actually do a bit of a debrief. Now, I think a lot of organisations do this without realising it. So if we've had a cybersecurity incident, you know, there's a report goes to the board and there's lots of discussion and sometimes gnashing of teeth, but that's effectively uh, an incident that's occurred and we're learning the lessons from that incident. But I guess the step that's missing is connecting that incident back to the original risk and saying, well, which control failed? And if necessary, what are we going to do to improve it? That's, um, that's a very good point because, of course, when you have a control failure, an incident, you should be challenging your risk rating, first of all. You should yeah. be looking for how you can actually adjust that control to yep. influence the risk. You also... It's it's the only opportunity you then get as well to actually question how good you are at the risk management analysis and rating process. So, you know, if you haven't got it right and something's gone wrong and contrary to your expectations, you need to ask yourself the question, have we been too conservative in how we've analysed all the risks? Yeah. You need to actually learn not just relevant to the specific risk but relevant to your risk management process more generally. So yeah. ask yourself the question, 
How did we get this wrong? Where did we get it wrong? What does it mean for our process more broadly? And, yeah. uh, and adjust accordingly. So it's very important lessons there that need to be applied. Yeah, it's a it's a great sanity check on on the maturity of your processes and how Correct. well they're working. And yep. and I think with every incident, uh, Brett, there's a there's an element of which control prevent uh, you know should have prevented it from happening and didn't. And then how did our mitigating controls that reduce the impact? How did they respond? So whilst we mm. might have had an incident, our mitigating controls might have worked really well. Right, That's so right. we'd be focusing on what what happened to not prevent it, you know. Whereas if we had the incident, well, then the preventing controls have failed, and our mitigating controls, well, we've had a disastrous impact. Then you know we've got two elements to look at. So I think uh, the without again swamping the boards with too much information and too much detail, we've got to be able to paint in our reporting the full picture. The you know the the life cycle of a risk, and you know the life cycle starts with the identification. And the analysis, uh, it, it lives on in the monitoring and reviewing, um, and it you know comes full circle when there's an incident, and we loop Agreed. that back to that analysis step again. Yeah, absolutely agreed. One of the other things that I like to focus on, Anthony, uh, in the process of reporting is to actually get the uh, the activities, the risk management activities on the table. I like I like to get the business units and the the risk owners or the executives who have the responsibility for risk ownership and approval. I like them to actually get in there and talk in detail. So either talk about one of their specific material risks in detail, give everybody in the room the opportunity to challenge them and all understand at greater level of detail. All be on yep. the same page. It's a great opportunity to share knowledge and make sure that everybody has a consistent view. But the other thing I like to do is actually get them to talk about what they've been doing. So, yeah. you know, in the initial stages of developing risk management capability, you're talking about the activities you undertake to embed it and get it working in the business as part of your day-to-day activities. As you go forward, it, it sort of transitions across to, you know, we've been conducting workshops and, importantly, this is what we've done to ensure that the controls that we rely upon are working and working effectively, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's really, really important and it helps the directors in particular meet that specific obligation, particularly where it's listed entity, ASX listed entity or any other listed entity, where, where you have to actually certify as to the effectiveness of your control environment. So, yeah. you know, those sorts of things help build the picture and give confidence that the risk management f- function and capability is working effectively. Absolutely agree, Brett. And, um, you know, in an earlier uh, podcast chat uh, on governance, we talked about that governance is is oversight and it's also the enabler uh, to get risk management embedded into the organisation. And likewise, risk management has to support governance activities. You know, they they coexist um, and, and need to support each other. But that, that's really important. The, the directors need to understand uh, what's going on, uh, not and not just the output necessarily at the end. So, a report of those activities uh, is a is a really good idea, and and I guess um, Brett, we're seeing more and more in this day and age uh, better data, uh, more information being able to be collected by systems, uh, and that data being able to be analysed. So the data analytics component of it. Uh, so that that. Um, sometimes theoretical report about where a risk is at can now be backed up with some really hard data and some KPIs uh, on how that's actually performing, and that's got to be a good thing for directors. Oh, to be I able agree, to see. Anthony. I think it's great. I mean, we had a we had a conversation recently with 
uh, with one of our partner entities that uh, that is in the, the area of data analytics and uh, what you can now do in terms of you know, that analysis around lining up the circumstances in which a risk might arise, you know, that's incredibly powerful. You know, we've, we yeah. always talk about the Swiss cheese when we're now in a position to be able to actually do some real analysis about when those, those holes in the Swiss cheese might actually line up. And uh, quite frankly, yeah. without the benefit of that depth of data, you wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah, and that, that data it just leads me to think too, Brett, that um, we often talked about the interconnectedness of risks and, and how they all interrelate. I mean, now that mm. you're getting such great data, uh, you can probably start to plug real numbers and, and you know, information into that to sort of say, uh, you know, that, that this happens over here. Well, it's going to have an impact on these three other risks as well. So that you're able to connect and paint the big picture like we uh, never for, have before. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So directors can all of a sudden start to say, well, if we make this decision, um, what are the ramifications going to be? What, yeah. what, what, what could we expect to see in other areas of risk? Yeah, powerful, very, mm. very powerful. Yeah, I absolutely. guess the only other thing that I really focus on um, is project risks. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah not, not every project needs to be reported to the board. Again, it's materiality and the criteria that I recommend for organisations is that, you know, it's a, a level of technical complexity yeah. or a above a capex, a nominated yeah. capex value, mm. uh, or strategic significance. Yeah. So yeah. I think the board needs to be monitoring those types of, of projects. Um, I have seen organisations where they've started putting individual risks from individual projects, you know, into the risk report, and I think that is pretty much a waste of time. Uh, I think what you need to do is actually present the risk profile of, of those projects. And I think mm. if you can do that, you're giving them a much better picture. So you need to understand the risk of the project and the risks within the project to be able to paint that picture on project risk. Yeah, it's really context, isn't it? It's helping the board understand, you know, the context of the project and, and then from within that, what are the risks around it? So, yeah, it's a really That's good right. point. Yeah, and, and hopefully, if you've done it properly, um, what you're actually doing is you're actually building on that risk management knowledge around around the project because the risks would have informed the initial decision. So risks inform the business case, business case informs the scope, scope then goes to the board for approval, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. you know, in that case, um, what you should be doing is, is ongoing monitoring of the risks through the life of the project and providing that level of transparency up to the board. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a great point to wrap up on, Brett, that, um, you know, there's there's a really important role for risk reporting and, uh, you know, not only to support executives but boards as well in their discharging their duties of oversight and governance but also in helping them make decisions and make decisions with better information and better data. So uh, that's really good. So uh, thanks, Brett. I think that's a good chat and hopefully listeners will... Uh, get something out of the little discussion that we've had today. And, of course, they can reach out to us at abmrisk.com.au if they want to uh, have a bit of a chat or understand a little bit more about how to report because we've done a fair bit of work on this with our, our clients previously. That's right. Thanks, Anthony. Always great to chat. Excellent. All right. Well, listeners, thank you very much. It's uh, great to have you tune in yet again and uh, join us for this episode of Mastering Risk Management and particularly this podcast chat episode with Brett. So 
As always, if you have any questions, you want to share your thoughts or concerns or you want to talk about a specific topic, just get in touch with us through uh, social medias, LinkedIn's, or as I said, through our website, www.abmrisk.com.au. Stay tuned for more episodes. We've got more interviews with uh, leaders in risk management and also our podcast chats are ongoing. So uh, until then, we will talk soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.